you know what, Jen? I don't think I've ever looked better in my life. I think I'm I'm at the peak of my physical prowess. I think you are. At the moment. And yeah. I would love to share that with people. I'd love people to be able to see me in the flesh. Just it's to... selfish to keep this. <laughs> it is. This amount of radiance needs to be shared. So I thought what I would do is invite people along to see me in real life. To be in the same room at the Museum of Comedy. At the Museum of Comedy, because comedy is what I do <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> and you belong in a museum. No, oh, no. No, no, no. It was How rude. My self-esteem had climbed and now it's back down on the floor. But no, I um, love the Museum of Comedy and I'm going to go there and I'm going to take my raw magnetism with me uh, on Wednesday the 24th of April. Can I come too? You can. Just try not to sort of detract from my glow, you know. Okay. Uh, we are going to have the magnificent Jenny Ryan, a magnificent guest, Ooh. TBA. Wednesday the 24th of April, put it in your diaries, bring your sunglasses because I am shining. Yeah, get your tickets now. The link is in our social media or from the music. Museum of Comedy website. Oh, please do come. Jen's all right as well. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. What's your name? Jenny Ryan. Correct. What's my name? Lucy Porter. Correct. What are we doing? We're making a podcast all about quizzing. Correct. What's it called? Fingers on buzzers. Correct. Well, here we are, Jenny, for another edition of... Fingers on buzzers. Keep them waiting. That's what they want. <laughs> a little bit of anticipation. <laughs> I um... never actually plan any of... Maybe I should plan some of those, but I never no, do. No, and no, I, no. I kind of forget until you put me on the spot that I have to do that. I think spontaneity is absolutely the way <laughs> to go with these. Um, and we've got a very freeform kind of show. Uh, we've got uh, the wonderful Bobby, Bobby Seagull, who I recently spent a couple of days in a hotel with, but it's not as rude as it sounds. Saucy! Uh, <laughs> we were very socially distanced at all times. So we'll be chatting to him. And we also have a listener quiz from James Townsend. Friend of the show. He was a friend of the show. Uh, so that's all to look forward to. And uh, let's crack on with it, shall we? Let's do it. Today, we are thrilled to be joined by the one and only Mr. James Townsend. Hello, James. Hi, Lucy. Hi, Jenny. Now, we do know you. We have met you in the flesh, haven't we? Because, of course, you were at one of our Fingers on Buzzers live events. Yeah, that was the first one, I believe, at the Bill Murray earlier on in the year, which seems so long ago now. During that storm. Yes. It Gosh, was. it took Jenny many, many hours <laughs> to, get, 
to that particular show. Uh, but we all had a good time. Yeah, yeah, it was a really fun evening out. And we did a bit of breakout quizzing at the end, and you were very, very good. <laughs> so you. tell us about your relationship with quiz. Oh, uh, yeah, so with like quizzing, uh, when I was quite young, I wasn't so much like into quiz shows for the quiz like I am now, but I did tend to get into various quiz shows and game shows for like other reasons. So I was quite fond of like blockbusters and Wheel of Fortune, not because I had any idea what was going on, but I quite liked all the lights and the colours that were in them. They were quite attractive to a four or five-year-old child as I was. Um, (laughs) Nicky Campbell, very attractive to the toddler market. I remember that on Wheel of Fortune. So the showbiz pizzazz was kind of what got you in first of all, and then uh, how did it develop from Yeah, so once I got like older and older, I started getting into like quiz shows like uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, uh, The Weakest Link, uh, which was always sort of like a big thing in our family, like we'd always watch them. Again, not so much quiz shows, but used to watch quite a lot of like Deal or No Deal and Golden Balls as well. Do you miss Golden Balls? Um, oh, gosh, yeah. When um, that was on. And it's just sort of all developed from there. So now, like, I'm older and able to like, do pop quizzes more often and watch a lot of Chase and Pointless and all that jazz. So it's just gradually developed, like, over time. And have you been tempted to apply for any of the quiz shows, James, or is that not your uh, I have been tempted. Me and a university mate have been tempted to go on Pointless. And Ooh. also I have been tempted to go on the Chase itself. But... Um, just a little, a little bit nervous about going on, but I have been tempted. Oh, well, I would, I mean, obviously, we would recommend it highly. I did Pointless again recently for the third time. <laughs> I really will not give up. Uh, so, you know, I would highly recommend that and The Chase. Jenny, any words of advice for uh, someone who's sort of trying to G themselves up to make that application? If you feel the time is right, then chuck it in there's no point in putting it off because there are certain shows that you'll put off applying for and then they'll be gone and you'll have missed your chance Mm. so put yourself up for it and worry about the nerves when you when you get to the audition that's all i can say there's a few shows that i just missed out on because i was too nervous uh, and slow off the mark to apply for them when i was back in my contestant days Uh, so yeah go for it make your application form as entertaining as possible and when you're applying for one of the shows i know how many applications the chase gets every year it's it's well over 50,000 applications a year so the chance of getting on (laughs) is still quite remote so throw your hat in the ring and see what happens you've got to be in it to win it James and maybe fate will intervene (laughs) exactly you know if it's meant to be it's meant to be you say Jenny like you um there was shows that you wish you'd applied for but didn't like what shows were they like out of interest Oh, well, I managed to squeak on to 15 to 1. I was on the last series of William G. Stewart era. Um, but there were there were shows, like kids' quiz shows, that I, I always wanted to be on. And I never never had a go at. Junior versions of uh, mm. some of the big quiz shows would come up occasionally back in the early 90s. Um I, and there's some that I wish that I'd been old enough to apply for. I would have I would have been on Teleaddicts like a shot, but I just about I just aged out of it. 
I was far too young and it was gone by the time I, uh, I, I reached the threshold. I'd have to have convinced other people to go on with me, but that's yeah, another, I that's another I, I regret not having done Blockbusters mm. because I was too young when I really, really loved it. And then by the time I got to the age where I could have done it, I was too self-conscious and, uh, and then it disappeared. And But then maybe it's going to, you know, maybe this revival will continue and I can finally lay that ghost to rest. I think I think it's on the cards. It's got mm. to be. Well, an egghead, see, if egg, I don't know, if Eggheads comes back, I'd like to do that, but we just don't know at the moment, do we? Hope no, it's it it's in limbo. Mm, so you never know. But yeah, that's our advice, James, is just to grasp the nettle, seize the day, <laughs> carpe diem, and chase your chase dreams. That's what we would say to you. So now we will be talking to you again shortly, James, because you have, I believe, prepared a quiz for us. Uh, I have, yes. I've prepared a few little questions Lovely. of uh, this don't forget the lyrics round that I uh, did when I was running uh, oh. live streamed quizzes. So uh, I'm testing it for a few of those. I love this. <laughs> I cannot wait. Right, well, we shall get on with that shortly. But for the meantime, thank you very much for joining us, James. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm delighted to announce that our guest today is, well, a, a breakout star of University Challenge and a man who thinks he can cure us, Jen, of our fear of maths. Ah, uh, that would be, chance would be a fine thing. <laughs> it's Mr. Bobby Seagull. Hello, 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 Lucy. Hello, Jenny. Yeah, it's so lovely to see you. Thanks for joining us. Oh, lovely to see you. Um, so, again. so much to talk to you about. I mean, I have only recently met you because we were both uh, doing Mastermind. Oh, uh, I think eight days ago now, wasn't it? Oh, I know. It feels like a lifetime, though. You know, it was an absolute pleasure to spend time in your company. And of course, I mean, I knew you from. That university challenge, 2017, was yeah, it? Yeah, 2016 to 17, the school year. Mm, yes, yes, yes. So, but and I re watched actually the semi final of you and your great friend Monkman pitted head to head, and it's such an amazing, it's one of my all time favorite university challenge episodes because it's, it's a brilliant game and you are all giving it. 110%. Mm. And interestingly, both the teams, we knew each other really well. So we played each other three or four or five or six times in the week before in Cambridge. By the time it came to the studio match, we're like, ah, we know each other. So like there was a, a little bit of, for me, a little bit of edge taken off in terms of, you know, normally if you go to like a boxing ring and you're like, yeah, you trash talk them. And you're like, come on, red ring or blue ring. But this one's like, oh, it's my mates. I like them. <laughs> oh, that's hard though. That makes it harder, I think, to, to have the, the killer instinct. I, I think I don't, I'm, I don't really have a killer instinct. Like in school, when I teach, I pretend sometimes I'm angry. Like, oh no, like this morning I was teaching year sevens and they kept on chatting while I was talking. And I was like, you don't want to incur the wrath of Mr. Seagull. And I was just like, you don't really believe that Bobby D. No. <laughs> I really cannot imagine anyone less wrathful. <laughs> it's an act when I'm in teach. Like I always think of myself as a method acting teacher. Actually, sometimes to make myself feel channel anger i imagine like when my grandparents passed away and i get sad and then i channel their energy towards being annoyed because as a teacher if you're actually annoyed then you've lost the kids of one yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh well it is it's a brilliant acting performance but I, I mean i kind of feel like on university challenge we were seeing the real you yeah. the enthusiastic encouraging i mean you were clearly a great team captain what do you think makes for a quiz team a good captain what are your tips i think it's someone who is 
really willing to invest time in the relationships with the other quizzes. Because over the course of the year, we became great friends. We did obviously the standard like pub quizzes. We went on museum days out. Uh, we went to formal dinners. We hung out socially in the bar. Um, we'd have lots of random chats about television programs that we might be watching. I think just building like a human bond. And I always found generally, if you build a human bond with people, they're willing to go the extra mile. And again, everyone on the team worked really hard. Again, we did our standard sort of modern UC teams have, you know, our Excel spreadsheet with all the possible topics that come up, allocating it to different people, making sure our bases are double covered. Two people have got the periodic table, three people have got the US president. So again, we did all that. But when, when teams believe in a captain, they'll go the extra mile. And I think my team were amazing. They, all put in the extra mile and a half. Well, and you on the day were just so bouncy and cheerful. And, uh, you know, even when you were robbed <laughs> by Monkman and Rashomon! <laughs> I hate Rashomon. That question, I, I remember that we, 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 it's funny enough, it was the first match in all of our series that we had. All the other matches we were losing and some losing quite terribly. So we always had the comeback kids. But in this one match, we yeah. took the lead. I'm like, we never take the lead. And then they went back and then we were slightly behind. And then the, we got a question on, I think, the, the moon to Jupiter. And then we're like, we sensed the next question, whoever gets that. It's probably the penultimate question. And then they started off with um, Paxman asked a question about um, Kurosawa, Japanese film. And I know two people on my team are really good at Japanese film. I know a tiny bit. And to be honest, I, I knew there were two films. Was it um, Game of was it Throne of Blood and Ram? Throne of Blood, yeah. yeah. And I thought I, I dare not buzz on something and have a guess. And I was looking at my two teammates thinking, please buzz. And then we heard the buzz and it said, Wilson, uh, Wilson Monkman. I'm like, no, please. Oh. And you had Rashomon. And there's a lovely little image of all three of us putting our clasp <laughs> hands on our heads and going back. I'm like, that's it. You knew that was that's it. it. That was it. Oh, I know. And it was so sad. It was so sad to see that because you'd been so kind of positive and upbeat. That was the only time you saw me like, actually, yeah. actually, and that was a real disappointment. My God, <laughs> we recorded, there was recorded the final and semi-final on the same day on the Sunday. And things, I think this is my problem. I, I did two things. One is this, this, the, so this is Saturday night. I spent like, again, I'm a very thorough person. Always my whole life, like if I do something, I'll do it properly. I, I, I spent too much time studying the night before. I studied till about 2, 3 a.m., got up at 6 <coughs> thinking it's like an exam, but you need to be more fresh rather than just crammed. And then on the day yeah. itself, I'd already planned my outfit for the final. Like, I was like, okay, uh, here's the cufflinks, here's the shirt, here's a tie. And I should just focus. And again, the that's, that's tempting fate. They focus on what's the task ahead. Like, is it Michael Jordan? I watched the, um, the documentary, oh God, The Last Dance. And yep. one of the reasons yep. Jordan was amazing was he always focused on was it Zen Buddhism. Like he wasn't, apparently, you know, wasn't a taller basketballer, wasn't stronger, wasn't quicker, even didn't have like a better actual conversion rate, but he was able to live in the moment. And I think Eric Monkman, my friend, he was very good at living in the moment. Whereas I'm always like, you know, my teacher mindset, I plan ahead. Like I think, okay, that child's mm. naughty there. Then I'm going to make sure I, I, I stop that child there because then they're going to be like a eruption of um, students protesting against learning Pythagoras theorem. So I'm always like, I plan two or three steps ahead. And so for quizzing, boys and girls, if you're listening there, just get the next question correct. Don't worry about yeah. getting your suit yeah. and tie That's, ready for the final. Oh, that is some so great advice. Yeah. And, yeah. and I like that because I try and explain to people that that that's sort of my mindset when I'm at work is it's that question and that question alone and not worry about the last one and not even worry about the next one. Um and if that is the winning mindset, then I'm glad to be in the same class as Michael Jordan <laughs> because I am—I I cannot play 
chess or Scrabble or anything else where there is forward tactics. I can't work like that. I, I would need to have somebody prodding me all the time to, <laughs> to, to say, are you sure you want to do that? Whereas if it is just this game, this particular moment this mm. particular move this particular question you've got to focus on that and that's that is something that comes with some deep zen buddhism so it's it's me it's jordan and it's monkman we're, we're in it well in fact so you know jen and i would both admit that we're not great at chess and scrabble and the other thing that we're really not confident about now i'm going to say that because you and i bobby had a chat the other day mm-hmm. Um, is maths and whenever you know we often when we're doing our quizzes on this podcast we're like oh god but oh yeah but that's maths <laughs> uh, yeah I think I think in the UK and in much of the western world there's this sort of you know when I mention to people in a pub or um, at a drinks event any event like oh I'm Bobby Seagull I'm a maths teacher pretty much the first reaction is like ah or they often they're like I need to head to the bathroom they'll run away um <laughs> and eventually if you do meet them and corner them you ask them you know what, you know why did you run away from me they often say oh I couldn't do maths at school I hated it and I think that more than that often people have a badge of honor saying that they can't do maths mm. whereas no one ever really says oh I couldn't read or I hate music whereas with maths it's a culturally acceptable thing and again yeah. from my experience I don't think that there's anything such as a maths brain, that we're you know, born with or without math skills. I think actually, all again, there is a spectrum of talent. Of course, some people do pick up concepts quicker, but I think to be competent at maths and to feel confident using it on a day-to-day basis, all about actually having people like teachers who are competent in you, developing the competence at school and having a bit of stickability because maths is not, it's not an easy subject. And there are times where all of us, whether it's at primary school, secondary school, university, you reach a point where you're like, ah, I think I'm at my tether's end. And it's at that point, you've got to persist a bit. And I think a lot of people, especially like in schools, you know, in maths, uh, compared to English, if you're doing a piece of homework, did you, did you both enjoy English at school? Like poetry oh, yes. writing, yeah. And if a teacher gives you feedback, they'll say, Lucy, lovely use of similes. And they'll say, Jenny, um, excellent metaphors. Whereas in maths, they'll be like, Jenny, Red Cross, Lucy, Red Cross. And then you think, I can't do maths. Whereas you think, oh, actually, English. The teachers, I just need to put more similes in. So I think with maths, the nature of the subject, getting things right or wrong at a young age makes people think they can't do it. Yeah, my maths teacher never said to me, you got that wrong in a really interesting way. That's what they should do. You were so close, Lucy. What you needed to do... Yes, it's like, I think, again, with my students, uh, again, today we were doing, what were we doing? We're doing some algebra. And it's a topic that students like, oh, God, even the word. Uh, I think algebra needs like a makeover. The name, you can't even be, (laughs) you can call it something else. I don't know what it is, like relationships. That's what algebra is, relationships between numbers. Call it that. Sounds like a sex. Imagine the disappointment of you tell a class, right, today we're going to be studying relationships. (laughs) And they're like, yes. Relationships between letters, the X and Y letters. Yeah, so I think it's just it, math sometimes needs a bit of a makeover because I think the content is beautiful. And again, as people become adults, they see, you know, the structures and patterns in buildings, uh, the way our universe is governed by it, um, uh, how certain insects, like there's a, a cicada insect that emerges every prime year, number of cycles. So you can see maths everywhere. And as adults, we can appreciate it a bit more. But I think young people, they just see it as, oh, God, it's you and me, Mr. Seagull's class, and we're just going to be doing some algebra today. I think it, I think it needs, a, I need, it needs like, yeah. Gokwan. Gokwan needs to come <laughs> and do a makeover of maths. 
Well, yeah. you are the Gokwan. Yeah, you are the Gokwan. Yeah. It's up to me. You know. It's up to me. I'm I, I have no problem with algebra. I really liked oh, algebra. Really? But that to me, it was puzzles. Oh. And you had time to work it out. The thing that the, the thing that started me off with my fear was when we were very young in primary school that we had to do um, time to table quiz quick fire in front of the whole class and if you got it wrong you had to sit down in shame and it was uh, there was so much pressure that even now if if I'm in a final chase and I get asked an arithmetic question oh I I go back to being seven-year-old panic Mm. I mean that is the the problem with quizzing as well is that often what comes up is just mental arithmetic or you know rather one an university challenge the answer yeah (laughs) <laughs> Jenny, what you described is actually a word in academic research and education. It's called performative maths. And that's where, again, maths is meant to be quite a problem-solving, creative thinking. And again, when people are mathematicians applying the real world, they're looking at, you know, if you're building a bridge or we're trying to expand the city, you know, then they look at the numbers in a really creative way. But in school, maths is often completely set of questions. Everyone will get the same answers. And if you get it wrong, you know, like the X Factor, oh, you get the Simon Cowell. Yeah. <laughs> the X. Simon Cowell was there in a the classroom. <laughs> X is, you know. <laughs> um, but that performative nature puts a lot of people off. Even myself, often when I do stuff in the media and they're like, oh, we've got Bobby Seagull, school math teacher. When they ask me a question about arithmetic, honestly, I'm starting to sweat. I was actually on... Um, BBC newscast about a month ago with Laura Koonsberg and they asked me to look at the uh, maths behind the job support scheme and then we did fractions and it was really weird because it was done via zoom so I couldn't see what they were writing and I was explaining to Adam the co-host with uh, Laura Koonsberg so you do one third times the two thirds and I was trying to work it out and I made a mistake myself and they were like Bobby if you can't help us who's going to help us again myself (laughs) like I love maths I'm confident but when we're performing maths under pressure, even arithmetic, mm. I think we have something about our minds that make us like, again, Jenny, you probably experience a lot on the chase. So even like Lucy in comedy, sometimes where your mind, when you've got like a, you're meant to perform like a algorithm, like, you know what's next? And you make one mistake and then it suddenly starts all wobbling. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've had many, many gigs like that in my time. But, uh, I mean, so you really, your mission is to kind of re-educate us about maths, isn't it? And I'm fascinated by, because you started as a breakout star from University Challenge, and I love the fact we live in a time, people always say, oh, you know, British people are so anti-intellectual and... But but people love you and and they kind of you know they they want you to succeed and I'm intrigued to know what your vision is really for what you want to do. Yes, I think again, when I so actually before I moved into education and teaching, my first career was in investment banking. So I was a trader at Lehman Brothers, and for those it was more than twelve years ago, not a good mm. bank to choose. <laughs> I know when I joined, I'm like, here comes the money. I was like, yeah, well, I'm rolling in it. And, I, and to be honest, I, I did earn well at the start. Lehman, uh, 15th of September, 2008. I actually didn't walk out with a cardboard box. I had a shopping trolley. So I thought it was bad for your back. So I got my younger brother to come with a shopping trolley. Um, but I did in finance for a while longer. I did the same job at, at Nomura as a trader. And then I moved to PwC. So I'm a chartered accountant. So I'm quite good at doing my taxes these days because I've actually trained in uh, balance sheets and profit and loss accounts. But when I was at PwC, I took some time out after I qualified to train new graduates. These are not children, but they're 21, 22 year olds. And I love the teaching. And again, I, I quite like the corporate career. 
Um, I quite enjoyed the perks of it. But when I taught, it really came to life. Again, all throughout my life, I've always been the kind of person that I'll stay behind in playtime, helping other kids with homework, or I'll ask the teacher for an extra explanation, explain to someone else, or exp- help my cousins out. I've always loved, maybe because I'm just like talkative and annoying, but I've always loved <laughs> explaining things to people. So when I changed careers, my plan was, I want to be a teacher. I really want to like be really great. Almost like, a, this sounds a bit like egotistical. I want to be like a pillar of my community in East London. Mm. They look up, ah, there's that Mr. Seagull. I said, to be honest, pre-corona, I'd walk up and down the high street, still with a shopping trolley, going to Sainsbury's or any other <laughs> named supermarket and have a trolley and the, teach, the kids would go, oh, that's Mr. Seagull. He's not very cool with a shopping trolley. <laughs> <laughs> about my back um but it was it was i think i yeah i wanted to make an impact in education and maths but locally i didn't have any sort of grandiose vision and when i went on university challenge i just thought i'd love to do really well i'd love to win if i can but i just enjoy the experience and i remember thinking oh it's going to be a great story to tell students in school i didn't quite expect having that reaction that that sort of unfolded going viral and then the media getting interested but i also think being a mature student when it did happen, I think I was a bit more ready to deal with the media in the sense of like, oh, mm. okay, here's an opportunity. Rather than just let it happen to me, I was quite proactive. If people said, do you want to mm. do these things? My attitude was yes, 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 yes. Even though there were random things which thought they had no fit. That like people were talking to me about, like, what's my favorite five plants? I'm like, I don't, I don't really talk about plants, but I'll, I'll do anything. Because I thought, ah, if you say yes to these things, and later on, when you want to talk about the things that matter you do, like mass education, libraries, funding, things that I do talk about in public, state school education, teachers, people listen to you because you talk about the stuff that they're interested in. So I realized that the media is a bit of a game. You do things that you don't necessarily want to do, but you know that it, it keeps people interested so when the things that for example last year i delivered a a petition to the house of lords and 10 downing street on libraries funding because again without libraries i wouldn't have been the person i am my local public library so again i I can do that only because people go oh it's the university challenge guy wants to talk about libraries so i i know that the media works in that way you've got to give them something and then you can push whatever things that you're interested in want to campaign about well i can't wait to see what you do next i really can't and we wouldn't let you go without doing a quiz, yeah. obviously, Bobby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, and obviously, you know, I just thought, well, what I should do is do some brilliant maths. Uh, I'll get some really good hard sums Ooh. and uh, explore some mathematical concepts. And then I realised that that was not within my skill set <laughs> yet, although obviously under your tutelage I'm intending to become Absolutely. amazing at maths. Um, so what I'm going to quiz you on instead is because of your, I love your your life story as well, that Bobby Seagull is the name your dad chose, right? Yes, because my dad, so my dad's surname is actually Jose. So my parents are from Kerala in southwest India. And I think the Portuguese came there about 400 years back. So they would have been Hindu. But I think my family had been Catholic, I presume, 1600s, 1700s. And uh, they had the name Jose, like Jose Mourinho. So I should be in an alternate universe if we f- believe the multiverse theory. There is a Bobby Jose talking to you. <laughs> uh, Lucy and Jenny but my dad read the book Jonathan Livingston Seagull by Richard Bach really inspired by the story of this bird Jonathan Livingston who tried to defeat the normal monotony of seagull life you know seagulls just you know can be annoying they pinch your chips they just eat fish and go to bed they're not, they're, not, they're not really interesting creatures but Jonathan Livingston thought we've got these amazing wings we should explore flight and then he wanted to teach other seagulls to do the same so my dad loved the idea of like educating yourself and then wanting to inspire others to educate and liberate themselves. So in a weird sort of indirect way, I've always had like this nominative determinism to be, to influence people in education or about themselves. 
Uh, Either that or steal their chips. Or their chips, which I think is, I do steal. If it's uh, <laughs> chips, sweet potato fried chips, if you keep me near them, I'm sorry. I'm just going to have to take, <laughs> corona or no corona, I'm taking your chips. <laughs> You're welcome to them, mate. They're not proper chips. But anyway, that's a discussion for another time. Um... How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The uh, the quiz that I am going to do for you, Mr. Bobby Seagull, is about other people who have taken names uh, from fictional sources. Ooh. Okay. Oh. So uh, the first one, and Jenny can play along because she has not seen these questions. Jenny. So the first one is... Well, I'm going to see what uh, Jenny is so excited. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, you're her sworn enemy. Oh, yes. I don't really do sworn oh, yeah. enemies. Michael I do Jordan like... Um, face. <laughs> what's like a gentle version of a sworn enemy? A, a sort of um, a mild foe, a sort of yeah. Arch nemesis uh, is actually more because it's not. You're at, you can't live without your arch nemesis. Okay, uh, you, you're two halves of the same coin. Okay, really. Yeah, and it sounds fun as well. It? I like to say arch nemesis. <laughs> nemesis. <laughs> okay, yeah. The vixen versus the seagull. Here Look we out. are. So the first one is. We all know um, that Nicholas Cage is not Nicholas Cage's real name. Mm-hmm. Um. Talk me through, Bobby. What was his real name, and where did he get the name Cage from? Ooh. Thing is, I don't know this categorically, but I know it's related to the Coppola family. So I presume that's his. That again, I wouldn't bet my life on it, but I'm fairly confident that would be his original surname. That I, was indeed. How would he pick Cage? Uh, I try to think because I know in America, lots of people when they've got to register a name for acting, they pick something that's unique. Could mm. it be to do with that? Um, 
No, was he did he chose it to get away from any accusations of nepotism because oh. his uncle was already a pretty successful film director. So uh, he chose Cage. Any idea, Jenny? Um, I know he likes comic books. So it could be after Luke Cage from Marvel. You are spot on. Really? And what is Luke Cage's superhero identity? Oh, um, well, in the in the Netflix series, he's just Luke Cage. He's just incredibly strong human being. Power Man. Power Man. All oh, right. <laughs> right. What a we, name! It was cancelled before he got to the spandex outfit stage. Is it like Mr. Motivator but Marvel version? <laughs> Mr. Motivator should have his own movie, I think. He should be in the MCU. Right, and oh, and here's another bonus question. Oh. Um, he, Nicholas Cage also named his son after a fictional character. Do either of you know who that was? I do. Ooh. I know. Can you give me a clue, Jenny? Uh, well, th- there is a particular role on film which Nicholas Cage has always wanted to play, and he doesn't half bang on about it, but it's not a Marvel character. Oh, the thing is, I'm, I'm, I don't really know the... Mar- I, I, I watch lots of, like action hero stuff marvel dc but i i wouldn't be able to like draw your venn diagram and split them up mm. appropriately so i think you're gonna have to yeah he's always wanted to play superman oh I was and I was superman sounded ridiculous no but that's not his kids his kid is called kal-el oh wow is that right superman. after after superman's you know original name oh so there you go it's an education should have said it you would you'd have got a point i think oh, from lucy for it. saying is superman using where you think there's an answer, but you think it's too obvious. So you just don't bother saying it. There must be. A- mm. There needs to be a word for it because you just I, if you've if you've got a free guess anyway, I yeah. think you should always just go with it. And it probably is that straightforward. I, that's probably mine with QLL. Sometimes I'll get a question and think, is it really? No, can't. I don't want to make a fool of myself by mm-hmm. saying yes. the obvious answer when it's actually. Something, Again, it's about yeah. living in the moment, yeah. and not worrying about the you in two minutes who looks like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I should have, should have been Zen Buddhist. I should have been Jenny Ryan, Monkman Jordan. Should have channeled all there. Yeah, we'll try and channel them now <laughs> <laughs> for your next question, which is Robin Williams called his daughter after a character from a video game series. Can you tell me which one? Oh, so Robin Williams's daughter is probably like, I assume at least in her. At least in her thirties, so video game from thirty years ago. Um, I'm trying to think. I'd say she's late twenties. Late twenties. I don't think is it. I think we're looking at a nineties. Uh... So, uh, I don't think yeah. video games like there's Prince of Persia, there's Mario, the princess in Mario. What's her name? Her name is. You, you, you're all around it. It's you, you've got the right console. Oh. Yeah, and you'll know it when you hear it. Mm-hmm. The Sonic ones or uh... no. Uh, I mean, Another famous Nintendo on, franchise. Put him out of his misery, James. Zelda. Oh, this is the second time <laughs> Zelda. Was... <laughs> oh man, that's so annoying. Have you learned nothing from Superman? Oh, Come on. Exactly. You probably you probably taught yourself, told yourself, oh she's if she's Zelda, it's probably Zelda Fitzgerald, and it's not. It's uh, oh, it's the lowbrow version of that name. I'm definitely getting this condition, whatever it is. Quizzes, you need to find a word for this. It's Seagullism. The Superman was like a strong version of that. Like, I definitely thought, I imagined, physically, I imagined Nicolas Cage in a Superman outfit. And, thought, nah, nah, nah. and then here, Zelda was the first word that came in my head. And I was like, flicked it. I was like, I was like a Mario game. I booted it straight out. Ah, oh, honestly. Honest. Well, you have one more chance to redeem on, yourself <laughs> here, Bobby. So let's go for it. Okay, Bruce Willis and Demi Moore. 
named one of their daughters after a character from To Kill a Mockingbird. Which which one? Oh, this is going to be an embarrassing confession. I've not read To Kill a Mockingbird. Hello. <gasps> Have you absorbed anything? Oh, okay. So yeah. you know some stuff. Or do you know the name of Bruce Willis? And, uh, <laughs> so okay. Hi, Bray Lober. Hi, Bray Lober. Okay, so there's, uh, <laughs> At- there's obviously Atticus Finch, but that's the that's the bloke. Oh, what's yeah. the girl, the sister? Mm. Uh, it's one of those things where, as a quizzer, you should sort of know just. Yeah, um, you should. See, you've got you've got you've got performative anxiety here. I do. I think mean, no, I just think I just don't know this. <laughs> Other two, I probably should have said this one. I can't really. Uh... I'll give you a I'll give you a visual clue. Oh, okay. So you're she's holding up three is, fingers um, from the uh, Hunger Games. Oh my goodness! <laughs> is it Hunger Games? Not originally. Uh, oh, where's that? Where's that? I promise that I will do my best. Be prepared. Little Girl Scouts, no? Y- yeah, shorter than that. Scouts. Oh, oh. You've just said Scouts. Yes. To be honest, I can't. You know, there's sometimes that things. If you show me a multiple, sometimes, you know, quizzing, if someone shows you a multiple. Um, choice list. You'll be like, oh, I recognise that. Scout will take a bit more. Like, if you put me on a list, you could persuade me that it's not in the book. You'd be like, probably mm. it's definitely not in the book. Oh, wow. Kill a Mockingbird. That's what I've learned today. And live in the moment. Yeah, well, there we go. Yeah. And either so read it or watch the movie. Okay. The movie's great. We've all got homework to do after we today. We've got to go and conquer our fear of math, and you simply have to read a book. So I think you've I think got it's actually on my bookshelf. I've got a few books. I've got uh, from school, my year sevens are reading The Canterbury Tales. I've got that there. Oh. A uh, autobiography of Phil Jackson called Eleven Rings. He was the coach of the NBA uh, team for the Chicago Bulls. Well, I see. <laughs> um, How to Make the World Add Up by Tim Harford. So that's a sort of math book. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, oh, this is another math book. Why Mathematics? And then, oh, this is a good one I've got. Um, some kids I taught and what they taught about me. So I'm reading, it's weird. Oh. I find it hard to sit and read one book. I often have five books on the go and I read like a chapter a day. And eventually after like six, seven weeks, like all books start, it's all like, everything starts dropping. Yeah, you can rotate one out and one in. Yeah, it's almost like, like <laughs> yeah. tag team, like WWF wrestling. <laughs> like you get one of the books going like Canterbury Tales, like... <laughs> Chest bumping with with a book on teaching. <laughs> I, now, I struggle know, though, with that. There is one book that we will all be reading, which is the life changing oh. magic of maths Yay. by one Mr. Bobby Siegel. Uh, uh, the publisher said they couldn't put the word maths on the front of the book. Oh, life changing magic of numbers. They sorry, put how yeah, math shapes everyday life as a subtitle because they said if you uh, put the word maths on a book, like it halves sales. <laughs> this sad indictment. That's why that is a sad indictment, but you're going to change mass, all that. But, yeah. Mm. You're going to change all I'm that. Change so, it. uh, um, it's been an absolute delight talking oh, to you. Um, and if anyone sees you now after lockdown, if people see you in East London wheeling your shopping trolley up and down with a load of sweet potato fries in it, then uh... <laughs> back off. Back off. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> um, keep changing the world Bobby Seagull it's been lovely to talk to you thank you very much Woo! thank you Lucy. thank you Jenny it's been a pleasure and back with us now the wonderful James Townsend who has set a quiz that I'm so looking forward to because it's about lyrics isn't it James hello James hello again 
Hi. Um, yeah, lyrics is one of my absolute favourite things. Um, so I can only now fail at it. Set yourself up now. And this is something you've been doing because you've been doing great quizzing in lockdown, haven't you? Um, and a, a very popular online quiz are you still you still continuing uh i've taken a small break from doing it at the moment but i will probably continue to do it every now and then and also the local cat lounge darling darlings they've asked me to run quizzes for them once they've like opened up their new premises and it's safe to do so so i'll be doing like pub quizzes there actually like in the flesh or on a month oh. basis which i'm quite looking forward to doing wrangling a whole room <laughs> Did you say cat lounge? Yeah, so um, there's a few of them in the UK, but basically Darling Darlings is, I believe, the only cat lounge in the UK that has rescue cats as part of it. <gasps> like, uh, um, they have uh, cats and James, where cats is Cats and quiz. Cats and I quiz. Go immediately. I mean, obviously I can't go immediately because it's... <laughs> as, as really I want to go there. to there. Whereabouts is uh, it, It's in Great Yarmouth. I, and I love Great Yarmouth. This is like Road an trip. absolute dream come true. Okay, Road here trip. we go. That's our post-locked... That is something, James, for me to live for. <laughs> um, not, that's She's not nothing else. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm, I'm fine, everyone. I'm fine. But, um, but that... I think it would definitely be something that I... Oh no, it's a lovely, it's a lovely place and uh, oh. just watching the cats do their thing is great and they do like a lot of community work as well. It's a really, really nice place. Is there alcohol? Uh, not right now, but they're looking at getting oh. some in because uh, they're moving into a new thinking, premises and I spoke to them the other... I'm thinking it's going to be cakes, cocktails, cats and quiz. Well, if you book a package, <laughs> oh. they'll oh. do you like cocktails and when they're moving into the new premises i think they're going to have bottled drinks behind the bar so if you want <gasps> alcohol i think that'll be on offer there we go it, you absolutely made all my dreams come true james <laughs> i cannot thank you enough um now let's get on with this lyrics quiz then uh hopefully it's going to be pre-2000 that's my uh, my dream but anyway we'll see we'll see how it goes so uh begin your quiz okay so normally i would do this by i'm playing a bit of the song and then i pause it and then i say i want the next number of words but because of oh. how the podcast works i'm going to do it a bit differently so i'm going to read out the lyrics as they go and then i'm going to stop and i'm going to tell you what the next number of words i'm wanting if that makes sense okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah perfect perfect right so um what I've done is I've done five questions. There's one 70s, one 80s, one 90s, one 2000s, and one 2010s. Okay. So I'll start off with number one. You ready? Yeah. Um, so the song is Boney M, Rasputin. Well, right. we're in. Yeah, classic. Absolutely. Classic. Yeah, absolutely. I've got the song in my head at the moment, actually. <laughs> yes, I'm going to do too. a Cossack dance right now. If I could dance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, so... He could preach the Bible like a preacher, full of ecstasy and fire, but he also was the kind of preacher women would desire. Ra Ra Rasputin, lover of the Russian queen. There was a cat that really was gone. Ra Ra Rasputin, Russia's greatest love machine. What are the next eight words? Oh, yes. Oh, we know it. Yeah? Yes, it's the understatement of the uh, of, of our times. <laughs> <laughs> It was a shame, shame how Harry he carried, carried on. on. Correct. <laughs> Go for the phobia. 
such a brilliant lyric, and oh. I'm very glad that you've reminded us of it because it was a shame, wasn't it? How mm. we carried on. They were masters of an understatement, were Boney M. They were. It was. It was up the BPM, down the the impacts of the crimes of the person involved. I mean, Mar Baker. Well, just about to say Mar Baker. Yeah, quite a notorious person did a lot of bad, but let's just make it into a groovy disco song. Lovely, right? Well, I think that's a point for both of us there. Isn't yep, it? yep. Point for the both of you. And question number two. Right. So this is Human League. Don't you want me? Oh, love familiar. It's funny that it's you know a song that at the time we didn't realise it was a quite hideous lyric about sort of coercive controlling <laughs> behaviour, but uh, you know it. Yeah. Anyway, how times different change. time. It's a different time. Yeah. Right. So I was working as a waitress in a cocktail bar. That much is true, but even then I knew I'd find a much better place, either with or without you. The five years we have had have been such good times. I still love you, but now I think it's time I live my life on my own. What are the next eight words? I guess it's yep. just what, it's just I, what must I, do. I must do. Point each. Lovely. <laughs> oh, and you're you bringing back some lovely musical memories. These are great. Yeah, I think it only gets better, to be honest. <laughs> no. Nice. Dream. I'm afraid oh, not. No. That's a good shout. All <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, number three. So this is uh, the Verve, Bittersweet Symphony. Oh, cheers. Wigan. Oh, marvellous. Well, I never pray, but tonight I'm on my knees, yeah. I need some sounds that recognise the pain in me, yeah. I let the melody shine and let it cleanse my mind. I feel free now, but the airwaves are clean. What's the next seven words? Don't you know? I don't know this one. I mean, I know the song. And there's nobody singing for me, yeah? Something like that. I'm feeling nice. I'll give you that. All right, yeah. His diction wasn't great, was it? (laughs) (laughs) Um... It, it's and there's nobody singing to me now, but I'm feeling that I'll oh. give you the point. It's close enough. Oh, I think that's as near as damn it. Yeah, that's pretty good. And I had no idea, so it's a clear Jenny, win. Yeah, you see, it's my era. Right, two thousands. Right. Uh, ready for two thousands? Yes, indeed. Right. I was there. You've got me now reading out the lyrics of Beyonce's "Crazy in Love." Okay. <laughs> Do it justice, James. With Come the on. appropriate sentiments. Well, my friend wanted me. To... I, I love the deadpan nature. <laughs> well, my friend wanted me to sing it, but that's not happening. No, no, I like right. this. It's good. So when I talk to my friends so quietly, look at what you did to me. Tennis shoes don't even need to buy a new dress. If you ain't there, ain't nobody else to impress. It's the way that you know what I thought I knew. It's the beat that my heart skips when I'm with you, but I still don't understand what are the next 11 words. Just how. (laughs) It's just how you do what no one else can. Again, close enough. I'll give you the point. It's close enough. You're being very kind. Beyonce's writing a letter of complaint. <laughs> it's just how your love can do what no one else can. But like I said, close <sighs> enough. Missed out a word. Missed yeah. out a word. Yeah. I, mean, yeah, I, was, I was nearly there. 
the sentiment was there. <laughs> yeah, I said it in an exact way that Beyonce <laughs> would be saying that to Jazz and Zed. <laughs> I, I like to see myself as sort of an easygoing quiz master, which I think is how it should be. So yeah, yeah, I within reason. Within reason. I didn't make up, you yeah. know, a lot of completely unconnected words. So yeah, right. We get it totally wrong. Yeah, it's not like you got one of them right. It's like oh, I'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> One out of eight. Yeah, I mean, if I'd had a go at it, you would have heard very wrong. Very <laughs> wrong. <laughs> uh, the final one. Um, let's think. I think Jenny's on four and Lucy's on two. So I, don't... I can't. Come on, rede- Lucy. I can't win it, but I can reclaim some you can dignity. Reclaim some it could be double points. Right. Best of luck, Lucy. So, Thank you. It's modern. Taylor Swift, shake it off. Oh, hello. Yes. She's in. She double points. Oh, I'm in. Here we go. This is on my running playlist, guys. Oh, no pressure, Lucy. <laughs> I'm just gonna shake, 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 shake. I shake it off, shake it off. I never miss a beat. I'm lightning on my feet, and that's what they don't see. That's what they don't see. I'm dancing on my own. What are the next eight words? Oh, now, right now, look, I'm gonna embarrass myself here, aren't I? Got the bit a bit a bit a bit. At this point, I'm probably um, normally sort of running up a hill, so I'm not. So I'm dancing on my own. I've got the groove in my home and the hing the hing in my hoo. That's what people say. Yeah, I've just mutter it. Just mutter it. It's fine. There's definitely an ooh ooh uh, at the end of it. I don't know, Jenny. I will defer to you. you no, no, no. I was, well, I was, the... I'd, I'd let, I'd let it. How many, uh, how many words did you uh, want? Eight Dave? words. Eight words. Give us the first. I. One. I'm. I. Yeah. Oh. And what was the bit before? I'm dancing on my own. I'm dancing. I've uh, got. I got the grooves in my own home. No, I'm just literally making it up now. That's the new iTunes uh, lo- uh, slogan. I got the grooves in my own Wait, home. Mark, um, yeah. Oh no, I'm gonna I'm gonna be annoyed when you say. Yeah. Just so you know, James, what you're about to provoke is annoyance right. in me. Yeah. But don't let that stop. I you. consider myself forewarned. Yes. I make the moves up as I go. Oh, uh, of course it is. And as someone who always makes her moves up as she goes, I can't believe I didn't get that. And I apologise to Taylor Swift. She's very upset. No, I mean, Beyonce's crying in a corner now because we, yeah. you know, we, we were one word off with hers. Yeah. And Taylor Swift will be absolutely. We're not invited to her uh, Galentine's Day party now. Mm. Oh wow! And it's oh, always a gooder. Good one, yeah. yeah we'll yeah. have to have our own. We'll have our own Galentine's Day. Yeah, well, no, we're going to a cat cat, cat bar <laughs> and <laughs> getting James. smashed with quiz. <laughs> That's brilliant. So where do you like to do your quizzing, James? Um, I like to do my quizzing locally. There's a few places nearby that do pub quizzes, but the uh, one I tend to go to the most is at a pub called The Short Blue that's in Galston. Mm-hmm. Now, I've been going on and off there for about just over 10 years but the quiz has been going for at least like 25 years, apparently, according to the quiz master, Kev, his name. Uh, (laughs) Hi, Kev. And basically, it's a real sort of like community quiz. So you get a real sort of like 
community vibe when you're there. Uh, it's a pound entry. For the pound, you get like baskets of chips for your team. That's really nice. Um, Excellent. The actual format of the quiz as well. It's not like your standard sort of pub quiz. Um, it's basically run like a bingo format. So you'll get like 36 mm -hmm. questions and each team gets a bingo card, all numbers scattered randomly around it. And you do the 36 questions and then Kev will read out the answers in a random order. And basically the first team to get uh... bingo wins. So obviously the more you get right, the more chance you have in winning. But um, also there is a bit of a luck element involved. So... Yeah, it keeps the same teams from winning time and again. So that's that's uh, yes. that's a great way of doing it. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is why they've been going for so many years. Clearly, you know, they've hit on a winning formula, and it's you know reasonably priced, and you get chips. Yeah, and also like well, they'll occasionally like. do sausage rolls, and if it's someone's birthday, they bring in birthday cake. So it's like Aww. a really nice sort of uh, pub quiz as well. And um, they've been doing the quizzes live streamed as well in recent times, obviously because of lockdown and everything. And uh, they've had, uh, I believe, there's one lady that takes play takes part most weeks who's from Tr who lives in Trinidad and Tobago. Nice. Gosh, that's good reach. Yeah, isn't like there? it's amazing how small of a world it is when you've got somebody like all the way in Trinidad and Tobago that's taking part in a pub quiz just down the road from me in Colston. Amazing. So the short blue. The short blue, yeah. Lovely. Well, and we shall we shall all look that up and uh, congratulate them on their quiz. Well, that's brilliant. Thank you so Thank much, you. James. Uh, can I just do a quick shout out or two if that's okay? Of course. Yeah, so, can. Um, yes. I've sh obviously, we've mentioned them already, but I'll do a shout out again to Darling Darling's Cat Lounge in Great Yarmouth, which has been mentioned. And also do a shout out as well to the Team Vixen team on Twitter. So that's uh, Jess, Carly, Chloe, and Evie. Oh. We love those girls. Well, Hello, Team Vixen. Always a pleasure uh, to hear from you. And thank you so much, James, for a brilliant thank quiz. You very much. I mean, you know, I've, I've let myself down, I've <laughs> let the whole country down, and I've most of all let Taylor Swift down. But uh, it was a great quiz, and we look forward to seeing you at the Cat Cafe. Thank you, Mr. James Townsend. Well, what a lovely show it was, Jenny. Uh, a joy, as always, to speak to James Townsend and get that, to me, slightly embarrassing lyrics quiz. Um, Honestly, you're just going to have to slow down a bit when you're running and Taylor Swift comes on and you just need to really listen to those lyrics. It's another reason why running is bad, because it stops you listening to songs properly. There yeah. we go. I don't recommend it. <laughs> And um, and uh, Bobby Seagull, who is going to change the world. It, this was just such an uplifting show. It was very joyful. Yeah. The joy it of was. cats, the joy of maths, the joy of <laughs> quiz. And I love the way I go, yeah, I'm going to totally revise the way I think about maths so it's not going to happen. I'm still going to get maths in a quiz and go... Mm. You know Bobby's going to listen to this. He's going to come sorry, around with Bobby. some exercise books. <laughs> just being honest, but yeah, no, you're... <laughs> Good, yes, do, please, come round, <laughs> get in a cab. <laughs> um, so yes, all that remains to be said is thank you not only to our brilliant guests, but also to our wonderful listeners. We love you, keep we listening love you please. All very much. Tell um, your friends. Uh, tell your friends, leave us a five star review. If okay. you think we're worth five stars, I think we're worth five stars. I think we are. Just Minimum 4.5 personality alone yeah. um so guys we will see you next time on fingers, fingers on, on <laughs> <laughs> we'll 
We rehearsed that one. Yeah. <laughs> Fingers on Buzzers starred Lucy Porter and Jenny Ryan and was produced by Amanda Redman with music by Kevin McLeod and Justin Edwards. Email quiz at fingersonbuzzers.com and tweet at fingersbuzzers. Thanks for listening and don't forget to join us next time for more Fingers on Buzzers. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.